there is a wise virgin from among the number of the prudent who went forth with lighted lamp to meet Christ. Hallelujah. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The grace for our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the kingdom of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Today we celebrate the feast of one of the most remarkable women, certainly in Western history, but uh, very especially in church history, and Catherine of Siena. Um, uh, we'll tell you more about her later. As we begin our celebration, we prepare ourselves to meet our God in word and sacrament by taking a moment of quiet reflection, looking at our daily lives for those moments of grace and thanking God for his gifts. Remembering we are sinners, we seek God's forgiveness. Lord Jesus, you came to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you came to call sinners redemption. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you plead for us at the right hand of your Father. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who set St. Catherine of Siena on fire with divine love in her contemplation of the Lord's passion and her service of your church, grant through her intercession that your people participating in the mystery of Christ may ever exult in the revelation of his glory, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Be seated, listen to the word of God. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. From Paphos, Paul and his companions set sail and arrived at Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. They continued on from Perga and reached Antioch in Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they entered into the synagogue and took their seats. After reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent word to them. My brothers, if one of you has a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. So Paul got up, motioned with his hand, and said, Fellow children of Israel and you others who are God-fearing, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors and exalted the people during their sojourn in the land of Egypt. With uplifted arms, he led them out, and for about 40 years, he put up with them in the desert. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance at the end of about 450 years. After these things, he provided judges up to Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. Then he removed him and raised up David as their king. Of him he testified, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my every wish. For this man's descendant, God, according to his promise, has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus. John heralded his coming by proclaiming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was completing his course, he would say, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he. Behold, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to unfasten the sandals of his feet. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm is Alleluia. Alleluia. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia. The favors of the Lord I will sing forever. Through all generations my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, 
My kindness is established forever. In heaven, you have confirmed your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I have found David, my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him, that my hand may always be with him, and that my arm may make him strong. Hallelujah. My faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and through, and through my name shall his horn be exalted. He shall say of me, you are my father, my rock, my savior. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. When Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, no slave is greater than his master, nor any messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know those whom I have chosen. But so that the scripture might be fulfilled, the one who ate my food has raised his heel against me. From now on, I am telling you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe that I am. Amen, amen. I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The gospel of the Lord. It is no overstatement to say that Captain of Siena was, is one of the most incredible women in Western history, one of the most incredible people in all of, of Western history. Um, she is uh, a doctor of the church. She and Teresa of Avila were the first two women to be so designated, a, a doctor of the church being someone whose uh, life of holiness and their, their theological writings have uh, brought understanding to the church in a very special way. There's only 36 people in the 2,000-year history of the church who have received uh, that designation. So it's uh, very much a, a, a wonderful uh, and uh, proud designation. She's one of those people who contradicted common knowledge. She, she was born in 1347. Um, she was either the 23rd or 24th child of uh, her parents' marriage. She was born with a twin sister, so I'm not sure which one was born first. Um, uh, Twelve of her uh, siblings who were older than her had died before she was born. And in fact, her twin died uh, in infancy, uh, Giovanna. But uh, number 25, uh, the last baby in the family, another daughter, was given the same name in honor of her sister, her sister who had, had uh, passed away. 
she was born into a family of, of means. Her father was a dyer of fabrics. Ordinary people didn't wear colored clothing. They wore things that were essentially whatever color uh, things were that got to them. But the people who wore colorful clothing were people of means. So uh, her father's business uh, did well selling to, uh, to people of means. Just how you can afford to have 25 kids, I guess. Uh, it makes even our St. Francis families look like they're holding back on it. Uh, but uh, she was different than than her her, her siblings. Uh, at the age of six, she she's claimed to have had her first vision, and it uh, started her on a path of holiness. When her when her older sister, who was married, uh, passed away, her parents had sought to replace her with with Catherine, uh, offer her to. Uh, the widower is uh, his new wife, but she resisted that. And in fact, uh, her mother had always been chiding her to, to put more care into her appearance so that she could attract a good husband. Her response to that was to stop eating and cut her hair short. Uh, uh, eventually, her father just told her mother to leave her alone, kind of with, with that sort of thing. At the age of 16, she joined the Third Order of the Dominicans. Uh, she didn't see married life as what God was calling her to, and she didn't see uh, life in the convent as what God was seeing, but she saw this religious life uh, outside of a convent as being uh, what she wanted. And so she joined that Third Order. And uh, in doing so, uh, at the meetings and such that they would have, uh, started listing the things that she said. And she started to attract the following of, of you know, people, um, most of them much older than she. She was still a teenager at this. Um, and so her, her spiritual insights were already uh, having a powerful effect on the world. Um, at age 21, she had a very powerful uh, vision. She saw herself uh, in a wedding is the bride and Jesus is the groom. And uh, uh, from that point on, she kind of uh, pulled back from all of her public life and stayed at home. She became kind of uh, famous in Siena or infamous in her household because anytime someone would come to the house begging, she handed over her stuff. She'd give them food, she'd give them cloths, she'd give them clothing, uh, sometimes giving away her own siblings' clothes without asking them, giving away the family's dinner without asking anyone. And uh, she, when she uh, took the uh, scoldings of her uh, mother, especially for this, uh, she took that as a blessing that, uh, that this should happen. Um, and she had another blessing another vision when God told her it was time to get out of the house and to engage the world. And so she did. And did she ever. She traveled to, to Florence. Um, she had started attracting this group that people that had started to becoming attracted to her was growing. She started a correspondence with people. Um, uh, friends and the members of 
or third order group, yes, but popes, kings, royalty, she wrote to everybody and they wrote back to her. And uh, in her 20s, she began a work that seems very contrary to what was there. Here was this quiet contemplative girl who has suddenly become a power broker in the world. Um, she's sent by the, the King of Florence to Avignon, France, to try and negotiate an end to the Avignon papacy to bring uh, the Pope back to Rome. Um, uh, that was kind of sabotaged by the Florentines themselves. But uh, when the Florentines sent their own ambassador later, um, it was really a letter from her to, uh, to the Holy Father in Avignon that convinced him to travel back to Rome. Um, uh, shortly thereafter, um, uh, the Pope died and there was uh, an election that, and another election and another election. And he ended up with uh, the Western Schism. There were multiple Popes. Uh, she negotiated an end to that. Um, uh, she negotiated with, as I said, with kings and queens, popes. Um, when she wrote to the Holy Father, she didn't uh, greet him as your holiness, uh, didn't greet him even as El Papa, but as daddy. Um, she's very, very familiar with him. She wrote of her uh, spiritual experiences, a, a book that uh, to this day is uh, one of the classics of mystical writing, uh, Dialogue with Providence. Um, and, and what we have, the extent that we have that, we have another volume of her, her writings, and we have almost 400 of her letters still around. It's the biggest collection, I think, of correspondence that we have from the 14th century. And uh, for all of that uh, writing, uh, she was in 1970 declared by uh, Pope Paul VI to be uh, a doctor of the church. That uh, She had informed uh, people so much. She'd come to that, that, that area of, uh, of uh, theology known as spirituality. Her own Piety led her to uh, to do things such as great fasts and such. And uh, near the end of her life, she was down to uh, eating nothing but the Eucharist on a daily basis. Um, her spiritual director, uh, uh, Blessed Raymond of Padua, um, told her, you have to eat. And she said, I'm ill, I can't eat. I can keep nothing down. Um, she suffered a stroke. Uh, in the third week of April, and on April 29th of 1380, she passed away, uh, 33 years of age. She had said in her lifetime that uh, she had confided to a few people she had received the stigmata, but had asked Jesus as a personal favor not to make the wounds visible to anyone but her. That remained true until her spirit left her body. At that time, the wounds became apparent in her hands, feet, side, and head. And in much of art that you see of her today, uh, you'll see a crown of thorns 
that she's wearing. One of the great uh, insights uh, theologically that she has, and there, there are many, but uh, she was taught to, to read and write in her 20s. Um, she didn't learn this as a girl. Um, she did maintain a, a group of secretaries, though, as she began her uh, public life, and she would dictate letters. Uh, many of these letters were dictations. Uh, her books were probably dictated to scribes. Um, but in one of them, she described one of her visions, and, and Jesus says to her, do you want to know who I am? I'll tell you who I am. I am he who is. And you are she who is not. Um, and that simple statement there, we have this whole idea that we've been studying very diligently through this Easter season of God who is creator and we who are created. Um, uh, it, is, uh, it points very much in that statement, what we perceive in our first reading today from the Acts this history of salvation uh, for the, the Hebrews, uh, the, the great story of the Exodus, leading through the, the judges and the kings, and from King David, God's favor, uh, and his line came his Messiah, his only son, Jesus. Catherine recognized that and, and professed it there. She lived her life as Jesus did here at the Last Supper in our, our gospel reading today. Is he gives us uh, most powerfully his idea of the servant leader, washing the fiery feet of his, of his apostles. She spent her life doing that, uh, servant to the servant, uh, feeding and clothing the poor who came to her, Correcting and saving royalty and popes. Um, a remarkable woman, uh, to be sure. Um, uh, patroness of Italy, the patroness of, of Europe, um, and uh, hopefully a patroness of us. Let's gather our prayers and bring them before our God. Begin with a prayer for peace in our world. As the God send his spirit of peace to the minds and hearts of all men and women. This we pray to the Lord. Lord pray for the church uh, on this feast of uh, Catherine in gratitude for her life, her teaching, uh, her, her, her models for our own lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord pray for our nation as the God watch over and bless it. We pray to the Lord. Pray for our schools. We ask that God bless our work of Catholic education, continuing the work of his son Jesus, the work of Catherine herself, the doctor of this church. We pray to the Lord. Pray for all the Catherines and Cathys in our lives as we celebrate their feast. I think very you know, immediately of Kathy Hunt and Kathy Nelson, Catherine Babbitt, um, all of those under the, the patronage of, of the great lady of Siena, we pray to the Lord for your intention.
Lord, hear our prayer. 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 Loving God, we come before you bringing you our hopes and desires. These few we've given voice, others we hold silently in our hearts, but all of them we offer to you. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our brother and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. It is the fruit of the earth, the work of human hands, that will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, the work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Wash me, Lord, from my iniquity. Pray, my sister and brothers, and my sacrifice in yours may be acceptable to God, Almighty Father. Accept, O Lord, the saving sacrifice we offer in commemoration of St. Catherine, so that instructed by her teaching, we may give ever more fervent thanks to you, the one true God. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. With your Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, right it is truly right and just our duty and our salvation at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time above all, the Lord you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For with the old order destroyed, the universe cast down is renewed. And integrity of life is restored to us in Christ. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exult in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic host sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, once up was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, to be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mystery of faith, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Bishop Walter, our administrator, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your faith. Have mercy on us all, we pray. That with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her husband, your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and Catherine of Siena, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Clair, and all the saints who please you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs of eternal life. And may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Savior's commandment formed by divine teaching, let's raise our voices in the prayer given to us by Jesus himself. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, and by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. So the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God. Take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord. May the body and blood of Christ keep us safe for eternal life.
If we walk in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. Alleluia. Let us pray. May the heavenly table at which we have been fed, O Lord, confer eternal life upon us, as even in this world it nourished the life of St. Catherine. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. May he by whose redeeming work you have received the gift of everlasting freedom make you heirs to an eternal inheritance. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Mass is ended. Go in peace. Thank you. Thank all of you.